This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome to the Torah Anytime Pesach Burst of Inspiration. Another genius project of spreading Torah by Shimon and Ruben Kalyakov. And a special thank you to Karstov from me and from all Torah Anytime listeners who get to learn so much Torah because of what Shimon and Ruben Kalyakov do for Klai Yisrael. It should be Zohar to continue to do such beautiful work and spread Torah around the world all the time. Among the many things that Pesach is special for are chumros, stringencies. There are people that when it comes to the Yom of Pesach, they think that the dictum, the saying of Chazal, the Chol Hamar Be'Rezim Meshubach, and all who increase should be praised, is referring to chumros, to stringencies. There are people who have not meant, met a stringency they don't like. Whatever humor they can hear of, they take. Is this really the way it's supposed to be? To take on every humor that we can? Or is it a ridiculous thing? And the truth is, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, teaches us, when it comes to Pesach, we don't put down or belittle any humor. Because Klai does humros in order to get closer to Hashem. They want to do the will of Hashem even stronger, go closer and closer to Hashem. And Pesach is that time. Pesach is in time when people take upon themselves more stringencies, says the Shulchan Aruch. We don't belittle them because they are doing it to get closer to Hashem. Yet, there is one litmus test that a Chumrah must pass. You can't just take any Chumrah. What is that test that if it's a proper Chumrah or not? That is that the Chumrah cannot negatively affect anybody else. If it affects negatively somebody else, it's not the right thing to do. And they say over the story of a couple who came to Reinleib Steinman and they had an argument. And the husband explained, while everyone understands that the house needs to be cleaned for Pesach and the floor should be washed, he felt that the kitchen floor not only should be washed, but the grout between the tiles needs to be scrubbed. And the wife was looking and she seemed to herself to scrub the, the grout between the tiles like hours and hours of work, backbreaking work. And Reinleib Steinman looked at them he looks at the husband and he says, you know, I think you're right. It's important and it's a good chumrah to scrub the grout between the tiles in the kitchen. And it's such an important chumrah that I don't think you can rely on anybody else. And this is something you have to do yourself. And his point was very clear. If you want to do a chumrah, it's very nice. Make sure it doesn't negatively affect anybody else. And that's a litmus test. If it does not negatively affect someone else, it can elevate you. And then it's a beautiful chumrah. Of course, with the caveat that the fewer people who know about your Chumrah, the more genuine your Chumrah is. There was a fellow, it was Nifter 1985, from Eretz the name of Gidel Eisner. His name was Rav God, we used to call him Gidel, Godel, Rav Godel Eisner. Rav Godel Eisner was a well-known Mashpia and Ger in Europe. He was born in 1903 and he lived in Lodz. He was a major personality in the Ger Shtiblach. The Ger Shtibluch is where, where life took place. There weren't really yeshivas. That's where they, each shtibl would have between 100 and 200 people. And he was a major personality, a major mashpia in Ger. Unfortunately, 1940, when the Nazis came, the Nazis came, and they herded all the people into the Lodge Ghetto. They built the ghetto in the Lodge Ghetto. The Lodge Ghetto was a very, very large ghetto. And the Nazis had a lot of factories over there. So they kept the people alive, but they would terrorize them, torture them, 
People got killed all the time. There was barely any food and life was torturous. Unfortunately, Rav Gadol's wife was not well even before the war. She needed medicine. She didn't have access to medicine and after a few weeks she died. Shortly thereafter, Rav Gadol's in-laws died. Then a few weeks later, his father died and shortly after his mother died. And he was left just with his daughter. And even with all that, he never lost his amuna. He never lost his betachin and Hashem. In fact, he was the address for chizik. When people would need chizik, they would come to him. And it was only a few months later when his daughter was taken away and murdered as well. And now he was left all alone. From there, he was sent to the Chesterkovich labor camp. It was a brutal place where they worked him to the bone. And from there, ultimately, he ended up in Buchenwald under terrible, terrible, torturous conditions. He survived the war. And after the war, he moved, he ended up in Eretz Yisrael, where he was a major mashpia again in Ger, in the yeshiva, the Chedush Erim in Tel Aviv. He is very well respected, looked up to, admired by all, by everyone, from the younger Bachram all the way to the Imri Amis, to the rabbi himself. After the Holocaust, he got remarried, and unfortunately, he was never able to have children. One day, one year, a few days before Pesach, a Bachur came over to Rav Gadol Eisner, and he offered his services. He says, Rabbi, can I be of any help? Before Pesach, it's made manam, I have time. I would love to help you. So Rav Gadol said, yeah, please. I clean my svarim before Pesach. I go through every safer. I like to use them on Pesach, and I like to clean them. Would you help me with that? The Bachur was thrilled for the opportunity to help him. You're going through all the svarim, tedious work, shaking out all the svarim carefully. And Rav Gadol was making conversation with the boy, appreciative of his efforts. At one point, the boy was holding, the Bachur was holding a sitter, an old sitter. And Rav Gadol looks at the sitter and says, ah, that's sitter. So the Bachur looks up and says, what, what's so special about the sitter? He says, let me tell you about this sitter. After the war was over, I went back to Lodge to see, maybe I'll meet some people. Lodge was a skeleton of what it was before the war. Unfortunately, almost everybody was killed out. Few people came back, tried to see if we could make life again over there, but of course it didn't work out. But for the few weeks that we were there, people were going, and through the houses they found swarm all over the place, and they were taking these swarm and dumping them in front of the Jewish community building. And there was a pile of swarm there. So I would go there and go through the swarm, try to see what's good, what's salvageable, try to bury the rest. And I was going through the swarm one day, and I picked up a sitter, and I opened it, and sure enough there, on the first page, was my daughter's name. And I burst out crying. I haven't cried since the end of the war. When I saw my daughter's name in that sitter, I held the sitter close, and I started to cry. This was the only remnant of my daughter. And I lovingly picked up that sitter and I brought it with me. That's the story with that sitter. The Bokhar is looking at the sitter and he was puzzled. He's looking at the first page. It's blank. There's no name on it. Trying to understand what Rav Gadol was talking about. That's his daughter's sitter with his daughter's name on it. There's no name. So Rav Gadol looks and he understood right away. He said, oh, a few years ago, the sitter was starting to, to fall apart. I brought it to a bookbinder. I asked him to bind the sitter for me. So he bound the sitter for me. 
he must have thought that that paper in the beginning it was so worn out and so torn that he's doing me a favor. He ripped it out and he replaced it with a new page. The Bachar looks and says, what did you do? What did you say to him? He said, nothing. What should I say to him? So Bachar says, get it back. Tell him about your daughter. She says, what should I have done? He already did it. What am I supposed to do? Go look through the garbage for the paper? And the Bachar is shaking his head like, yes. I mean, if you're done. So if God Eisner looks at him and says, Bachar, what would have happened if I would have found that paper? The bookbinder would have watched as I'm fishing through the garbage for the paper. He would have realized what he did. He would have felt so embarrassed, so ashamed of what he did. There's nothing worth that can cause, to do something to cause another Jew to have that anguish. And therefore, I didn't say a word about it. And the Bokhra understood the lesson that Abgadah was teaching him. And that's a lesson we have to go into Pesach with. Pesach is such a wonderful, joyous yomtif. We get to go closer to Hashem. We get to spend time with our family. But how important it is to remember in all that we do, to never cause anguish to another Yid. Have a wonderful Kasher and Pesach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.